Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of The Instance is sponsored by the Nighthawk Pro Gaming Router from Netgear. Let's face it, network traffic and online connectivity matter, especially when you are gaming. Save the competition for the game and stop competing with your router's bandwidth. The XR500 Gaming Router creates an express lane just for your gaming, giving you incredible speed and no lag. Nighthawk Pro Gaming gives you the power to win. Visit netgear.com NPG and join the no lag crew. Hi, I'm Mike Morheim from Blizzard and you're listening to The Instance. <laughs> The World of Warcraft podcast, so you don't have to. This is the instance. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the instance. This is the instance episode 537. It is October 5th, 2018. Uh, We're some four weeks or some such away from BlizzCon. And it's all very exciting. I'm Scott Johnson with Patrick Beja. Hello, good morning. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Oh, I'm really good. Doing great. It's a big day, you know. We got a big week of stuff to talk about, except uh, one of them's a little melancholy and not sad per se, but yeah, you know. I like that you used the appropriate uh, bumper, intro bumper thing. Yeah, um, haven't used it in a while. Do I have to retire it now? Can I never use this again? I I don't know. You need to get one from Jab. Um, I I can't remember if I'm the one who got you the Morheim one. Maybe I wasn't. I think um, you got me the Morheim way back in the day. That's like 09 or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's just you and me on today's show. uh, And that is because uh the we got our checks from blizzard uh we weren't gonna do a show and blizzard was like dude we have some like controversial news yeah. uh you have to go out there and 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 spin our our everything our way and we're like sure do you have the check and they're like yeah and and we kept all the money for ourselves and terpser and uh uh, uh garrett didn't get any no, they so got nothing. That's why it's just the two of us. That's right. Uh, also, it may be that Garrett, Garrett's out of town and uh, Terpster is always busy. That could be it, too. But sure, yeah, it's uh, possibly. Yeah, they're also lining our pockets, as everyone has assumed for all these years. Just going to cop to it now. Um, <laughs> no, we we will be talking about the Morheim exit. We'll be talking about that new World of Warcraft diary book that just finished its Kickstarter. I actually got an advanced copy. Hmm. Uh, and also a bunch of other stuff, including... Some interesting BlizzCon tidbits. So I say, let's jump in. All right. So Mike Morheim. Here, I'll play this one more time in case I can never play it again. Hi, I'm Mike Morheim from Blizzard, and you're listening to The Instance. Oh, never going to play it again? Probably. Well, I mean, maybe I still will. I play Greg Streets all the time. It's fine. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's like the the memorial. Well, he's <laughs> he's doing well. We, we shouldn't like. <laughs> yeah. I know this is going to sound like some kind of eulogy, uh, but go ahead to say what's happening. All right. So here's some the, people might not. Be yeah. Aware. Some people may not be aware. I can't imagine anyone listening to the show doesn't know about this. But uh, Mike Morheim, the co-founder of Blizzard, 27 year uh, career as co-founder and president 
Although I'm not sure when that president title actually kicked in, but for all intents and purposes, he was always sort of there. Um, is stepping down as president of Blizzard Entertainment and has done so via a relatively formal letter to the community, basically saying it's time. 27 years is a long time, and it's time to pass the torch. He says this uh, in his letter, quote, after many years of working with some of the industry's most talented people to create games and worlds for you to play in, I've decided it's time to, uh, sorry, for someone else to lead Blizzard Entertainment. I will now serve as an advisor to the company that I so love and admire. My duties as president of Blizzard will be assumed by my friend, colleague, trusted advisor, and longtime steward of World of Warcraft, J. Allen Brack. He also went on to say, it has been an honor to serve this community for over 27 years, and I thank you for many years of support. I look forward to being a member of the community alongside you. See you on Battle.net, where I presume he'll spend all his time in StarCraft. That's just my assumption. (laughs) Because he loves that StarCraft. Um, Probably. He, uh, yeah, so this came out, what, yesterday, day before? I forget now. This week's a bit of a blur. Was it Wednesday or was it Thursday? It was Thursday. Between the two. Whatever it was. And it kind of came as a big surprise to everybody, including, I mean, I have some voices within Blizzard, and they, many of them were surprised, although some were, um, felt like this was perhaps a thing that would be coming sometime soon. 27 years is a long time. Uh, Let's lament the fact, though, uh, Patrick, that because... He would have been the oldest continuously employed person at Blizzard. We were this close to knowing what the 30-year uh, employee prize thing was. <laughs> and now we're never going to well, find I'm, out. We don't know. I'm sure there are some other people that are getting close to that uh, 30 years. I, I, I'm. It won't be that long unless they also quit. Uh, although, you know, I don't know. He might get an on- honorary because he's still going to be an advisor. Maybe he's going to be employed still by the company. It's possible. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, this is really, it was a little bit unexpected. You're right. Uh, it, it. I think these kinds of things you don't tell anyone, like mm. anyone, even your closest friends at the company, because that can leak and it can affect stock price and stuff like that, if there's some uncertainty. So, I'm pretty sure this is drafted between like four people, maybe a little bit more, and no one else knows. Uh, But beyond the business considerations, you know, Morheim is a relatively visible person in the company, um, but not as much as some of the people from the game teams and the game directors. And I think he is kind of a... um, uh, uh, uncelebrated hero of the, especially the WoW era. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I think every good game company has uh, someone at their uh, head that is a real gamer and that knows how what people want and how to create quality products. And certainly Blizzard's method for making tons and tons of money, as we always joke about, is to make the best games they can. And of course, they're there to make money, but their method is to make awesome, accessible, easy to uh, understand games. But beyond that, there was one thing that happened to Blizzard that I think very few companies have to deal with, and that was, of course, the success of World of Warcraft. It was a time when um, it would have been very easy for the company to lose its soul mm. um and and at that point i think the the company spent i would say the better part of five years uh maybe a little bit less scaling to the point where they could handle that enormous game and um and and 
during that, you know, I don't know how much it grew, but it's like multiple times what it was in every aspect. And and Morheim, I think, is the one we have to thank for keeping the company culture, which is incredibly precious and hard to to maintain and conserve um, within Blizzard. You know, he's the soul of that company. Almost, I mean, obviously it's, it's I, I don't want to make the Apple comparisons, but uh, he's someone that I think is very important for the company uh, uh, to stay what it is. And that's something most people don't really think about. I think, understandably, some people will say, I got those types of reactions on Twitter when I mentioned this. And some people were saying, well, you know, Blizzard really isn't the same Blizzard it was back when we had Warcraft and Diablo. And obviously, it's not the same. They went full on game as a service and mm -hmm. they had a lot, you know, uh, business wise, they moved with the industry. I think this is as much a factor of the industry as it is a factor of Blizzard. But I think it's also fair to say that they love games. They make very successful games. Most of them are incredibly successful. They're willing to uh, uh, shut things down when it's not working. And this is very true to what Blizzard was before WoW. So yeah, overall, I think Morheim is a key figure for that aspect of the company. And it's not easy. It could very well have gone another way. I completely agree. And I, I want to I want to emphasize and uh, sort of get into his overall impact and legacy real quick. Um, this has been on my mind since the announcement was made. Uh, you're right that he was often willing to let designers, storytellers, and others take center stage quite a bit. But behind the scenes and by all accounts, um, it really uh, was Mike's vision all these years and those, those principles and those mottos that they always talk about were primarily his and his co-founders, and they stayed uh, throughout the history of the company. But here's a guy for 27 years who has somehow managed through that kind of incredible uh, growth in their midterm, been able to maintain that company, to grow it at a rate that makes sense, to retain most of the time jobs that other developers shed. Uh, when other developers make a game, release it, and let it go, they sometimes chop off half their staff and wait around for the next thing. They were never compromising when it came to release dates. They were never compromising on the amount of work they thought it would take to make a game great, and if it wasn't, they would drop it. I think that goes back to the core of who they were when it was just three of those guys, and I think that he is a principal part of that. Not only that, it's hard to describe or find another video game company with this level of legacy and you could say, well, Scott, what about something like the doctors over there at, um, uh, oh, my brain, Bethesda. Uh, not Bethesda, Bioware. 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 And I would say to you, yeah, that was, they were well on their way to that, that kind of legendary status. But stuff got in the way. They sell the EA. Things got watered down. That studio's really weird now. The doctors left. They came back. Then they left again in apparent disgust. Uh, that kind of thing happens more often than not in this industry. And yet you can always gaze just over to the right over there at Blizzard and they aren't doing that. They keep people there. Like there's been a lot of talk the last few days going, oh, what do you think about all these people leaving Blizzard broad this year and then this thing and then met some before that? I don't think people are actually paying attention to the what what normal churn is and what uncomfortable bad for the business churn is. Bad for the business churn is 
making a game and then letting everybody go or not telling them that things are rough and suddenly giving them all the cut without severance like this whole telltale thing that just happened like that's the more common story that story isn't a blizzard story over at blizzard retention they have better retention i guarantee you i say this without numbers in front of me but i would be willing to put 200 bucks on this bet that nobody in the business has their level of retention loyalty and or uh creative staying power doesn't mean people don't go and people don't come that's business but blizzard has always stood there like a rock and held steady and pushed forward and stuck to their guns and in a way that has made the rest of the industry jealous try to chase it and not follow the same principles to get there i think he is primarily responsible for that i think it's his vision that brings that and i think anybody and is working on his late 50s who has done that much for that long for a company deserves a nice retirement so i am a hundred percent happy for him i think it's awesome he gave us a great thing and if you're all sitting around if any of you are sitting around a few people in the chat room are doing this going i think this is bobby kodak's idea over at activision they're finally <laughs> takes putting the screws to him like all these conspiracy theories are hokum majokum they don't apply it, and i i think you're all wrong-headed to go that direction i know it's fun to go down that way have that narrative have that story that isn't what this is. They are in a really good position at right now. As no, I mean, yeah. You know, go ahead. You know what? You know what? Kodak likes. Uh, I I think I don't know the guy, but I suspect he likes money. Yeah. And Morheim was making a lot of money for him at Blizzard, and and you might have argued these kinds of things back when Diablo was in trouble and Titan was canceled, but now with you know, Hearthstone being the success that it is, even though it's been a while, it's still pretty successful. And Overwatch being the success that it is, and Diablo, you know, for whatever, probably being introduced at BlizzCon. I think Kodak is pretty happy with more hype leading the company. Um, but I think even more interesting than that is trying to understand what the new Blizzard is going to be. Because as I said, uh, the, the, the head of the company is always a hugely important figure and influential figure in the way that uh, the company behaves. Mm -hmm. And Brack, uh, you know, a few years ago, there would have been other, uh, and, and maybe this is super ins inside baseball industry E and people are not going to care, but you know, let's talk about it for two minutes. Um, there would have been other people that would have been the obvious choice for replacing Morheim. There was, uh, you know, people like uh, Paul Sams, who left, Pardo, who probably was sacked because of titan we don't know that for sure yeah. but that's the point where Kodak maybe had a hand i this is speculation but i guess anyway pardo um left um and now there's not a lot of people that would be a natural uh successor i don't think uh, a medicine would ever have been a successor you know this is a job of management it's not something creative and fun even though you take part in those decisions your day-to-day -day stuff is probably about you know that office needs to be relocated and you need to make a legal decision on this and that and whatever yeah i can uh, confirm by the way having had a side conversation about this switchover he he would absolutely not have been anyone who had wanted this job let's just put no, it like that <laughs> Because why would you, dude? You want to make worlds and characters and cool stuff. You don't want to go, ah, the stock price has done this, therefore, uh, blah, 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 blah. nobody wants to do that stuff, except, you know, someone has to, I guess, but he didn't want and, to. And the really difficult thing is that you need someone 
who is good at those things and who also understands and has respect for the, the gaming community. Uh, and certainly Morheim started out as a gamer and we all saw those pictures, you know, of them sitting around in the office playing magic and all of mm -hmm. those. Um, but I think Brack is, I mean, I met the guy a few times uh, for those who might not know. I don't know who would be listening to this and doesn't remember, but still ethical disclaimer. I used to work for Blizzard for a few years in the EU offices, so I didn't have a lot of contacts with um, the, the US people, but I met Brack a few times. Um, he is he, he's he doesn't seem super fun to me. He doesn't seem like a fun guy. Um, maybe it was, you know, just my experience with him who was mm. like that, but um he is the uh uh production director. Am I he's the, the he's basically on well? yeah, like you're he's the and, connective tissue between executives and World of Warcraft, and so you know, directives so, that come yeah, from on high happen there, that sort of stuff. He, he does a little bit more than that. He's basically, my understanding is, and I might be mistaken, but he's the product lead on WoW. Is mm -hmm. He manages everything. So Hezekostas and others before him were the game director. They were taking care of the entire game aspect. Uh, Brack, for a long time, it's been over 10 years, he's been managing the product and the, 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 the whole thing, meaning issues with servers, additional servers, changing technology, making sure you have enough uh, CS people, uh, all of those side things to the actual build of the game were being managed, you know, uh, 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 product, uh, uh, you know, figurines and like all of those, he was obviously, the game director has a say in this as well, but Brack was the big boss in the WoW product team. Mm -hmm. um, and this seems to me like it's probably the perfect intersection between serious managerial stuff uh, that means you can probably run a company um, if you have some help, because, you know, in the beginning, at least it's not the same job and uh, being actual, actually a gamer and being concerned with what gamers need and uh, sometimes want. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to get some help. I think uh, Gresco, Ray Gresco, who's been on the WoW team for a long time, I think he went to Overwatch, I'm not sure. Um, and someone else, oh, right, Alan Adham, who was one of the founders of the company and who joined uh, back um, a couple of years ago and was heading that uh, incubator, internal incubator of new games for the company, uh, is also apparently coming to uh the top of the company to help brack in his new role yeah um he's got now a, for, for executive supply. vp status or whatever i mean it's it's important right. to remember too adham was the founder like the it founder, was it yeah. was his he brought idea on the other guy yeah he brought on him and he brought on frank pierce and and, and that's, yeah. there's probably a very Ooh. interesting story to be told there generally speaking but um yeah uh yeah and frank pierce i didn't even mention him for the uh obvious <laughs> successors I'm guessing, I, I again, I don't know for sure. Maybe he just doesn't want the job. Uh, Pierce doesn't seem to me like he's a people person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've often joke, joked about this. I don't know why. Maybe he just didn't want the job, but uh, it's very possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, we'll have to see how it actually goes. Maybe things go wrong and it's not as successful as it could be. Uh, but it seems to me like uh, Brack is, he's a serious dude. Like he knows his stuff and he he's not a game designer. 
I I don't think that's his uh, training. Um, but he's close enough to the games, just like Morheim was, that he understands what is uh, uh, what they imply, what they mean. So I think it's probably a, a good choice. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, I think he's probably as good a choice as you're going to ask for. Um, this will be a, a good right. test for him. Uh, I just I, I want to address one other thing. Someone in the chat room, let's see, Smidian says. Uh, I think it's just painful to see the old guard leave. I agree. It is. And the reason it is, is it's a connected thing. It's because they're great at this. It wouldn't be a big deal. You know, like nobody blinks an eye when they find out that, oh, a guy who worked on just Far Cry 3 left. <laughs> nobody cares. Because that's a tr that, that, that part of the industry is this big churning thing and it's fine and nobody really thinks about it. Someone leaves Blizzard and it is impactful. Brent Broad leaves and you go, oh man, that's a stinger. He's great. We love, well, why? Well, that's because they're so good at what they do and so good at establishing themselves as such a gold standard in this business that when somebody big leaves or even small leaves those organizations, you feel the impact of it. I feel it when a community team member leaves and goes somewhere else. Like I had a really hard time with like Jonathan and Mike, um, uh, Micah and all those guys left. Like that's hard because it's a, they are a different breed. It's a level above, it's a cut above. Like it's just hard to describe it in any other way. So I just, yeah, I just want people only, out there know, to just don't be all into that whole, like don't spend a week going, ah, Blizzard's going to hell in a handbasket. They can't even keep Morheim. Knock it off. No one's doing that. Oh, no there are people that, doing Scott. that. I'm not setting up a straw man here. There are people doing that. In okay. my Twitter feed, who are saying that they think this is just like some that something's going, there's rot, something rotten in the core, and that's why people are leaving. And I, I, well, I realize we I mean, live in a society where this is a fun thing to do now, and it's a narrative everybody likes to hop onto, but knock it off because it's silly. I mean, if if anyone was leaving for that reason, it wouldn't be Morheim. That's oh, yeah. anyway, anyway, definitely not Morheim. Doesn't matter. God, was there twenty seven freaking years? And hopefully, as an, as an advisory role, we will find out what that 30th year thing is. I'm very excited about that, whatever that may be. <laughs> uh, if you uh, do yourself a favor, go to the website. I was showing a few on the stream there, but go to the 20th anniversary Blizzard uh, site. They still have up and available, and it will show you a ton of old photos of those guys in those very early years. And, man, it brings back memories, like the launch of Lost Vikings and stuff like that. It's just crazy. Um. Quick note, I uh, got a copy of that new World of Warcraft diary book that just finished its uh, Kickstarter. The di or the uh, author sent me a preview copy to talk about on the show. I just got it, so I haven't had time to really dig into it. I'm already super stoked, though, because there are some things just with a cursory flip through that caught my eye. Um, I love understanding kind of like the underpinnings of what we all just assumed was Oh, here's a dungeon. Here's the first dungeon. Here's the first 40-man raid or whatever it may have been back in the day. Uh, but then to just peek under the cover and go, oh, my gosh, that took them four months of 24-hour days straight, eating pizza on the floor nights just to get that finished. And the server guys didn't leave for six days straight because they were worried about how stable it was getting. Like, all of that, those kinds of things are so interesting to me. Um, you know, why there are no gondolas in uh, – oh, can I make a clarification? Everybody got all on top of me on the show because I said there were supposed to be gondolas originally in Stormwind, which, according to this book, is true. I presumed it was the kind of gondola that hangs from wires and goes from pole to pole, kind of like in a ski resort. 
And everybody cheesed me what? saying, no, you mean those That's boats. That's not a gondola. It is a kind of gondola. It is. Although you say gondola, I say gondola. But here, I'm, I'm going to prove it now because I'm sick of everybody saying it. It's, uh, <laughs> I think I'm all defensive today. There is a gondola in the water and there is a gondola in the, in the sky. And there is also other kinds of gondolas as well. I went down a deep rabbit hole on this. So everybody out there, including Patrick, apparently, who thinks that gondolas aren't it can't be suspended in the well, air. Well, I think that's a, a language thing. I just Googled, and indeed, there are some in the air. See? Told you. <laughs> you, you. You were right, Scott, once again. Oh, my gosh. Or I meant to just bring that up because I just got so much cheese for it while I was out of town last week. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, hi to everybody who showed up for the little instance panel-y thing we did. Uh, uh, Hammaker and I there in Ohio. It was really nice seeing you guys, and thank you for, uh, for hanging out with us. That was great. Uh, all right. Let's get into some game stuff. Oh, if you um, want, if you if if you want more uh, about uh, John Stats, the author of the World of Warcraft Diary, uh, we interviewed him on uh, the Icy Veins podcast. So go back a couple of episodes, and you'll hear him discuss his uh, time in the WoW team. Yeah. Uh, in his own voice. There you go. And um, he uh, he was very nice to send that. So thank you again for that. And uh, only other question I wanted to talk about real quick about the Morheim exit was. Oh. Uh, the timing of these things. Uh, they always seem to, because Blizzard has this yearly celebration get-together giant thing known as BlizzCon that we're all headed to. Uh, when that happens, it's usually, it, it feels a little strange to have this happen so close to that. So I guess what I'm asking you is, do you think, uh, people ask this with Metzen, and I knew there was no way it was going to happen then, but do you think there's any way uh, Mike does some little stage, get up there, say goodbye one last time, that sort of thing. Or do you think uh, you think we're done? I think it's possible. Um, I think it would actually galvanize the uh, the community, if only for uh, uh, PR purposes, like for communications purposes. I think having, I mean, he's still an advisor, so he could, in theory, do it every year. But at least this year, with everyone knowing that he's taking, you know leaving his post um having him come out say a few words introduce brack i think it would be a really good way of uh passing the torch for the community mm. um so yeah i think it's it's very possible so all right we'll see, we'll see if he does i would like to hear him say hello blizzcon one more time <laughs> i think if he does he's gonna get the hugest biggest enormousest uh cheer that he's ever had in oh yeah if they're always want, big if he wants but, like a standing ovation of of epic yeah. proportions this is the year to do it like yeah i think so yeah that would be something i really hope he does i think it's a different thing for him than others like i i i think i think pulling the band-aid off with metzen was smart um he just would have been he's he said in his own words he would have been an emotional mess up there trying to say goodbye to that to that world uh during that time it was a hard cut for him to leave and so uh, this this one, he's staying on as an advisor. You know, I just think he could do that and get away with it and everybody would lose their minds. I think that'd be fantastic. So yeah. if he doesn't, in theory, J. Allen Brack opens opens the ceremonies this year. Like right? maybe, you know, it's it's maybe Brack. It's maybe someone else uh, trying to think of the top of my head now. Uh, uh, who's in charge of Diablo? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Um, no, I guess Brack would would make sense, but again, Brack coming out without being known by the community at all, mm -hmm. I think would be weird. Yeah. Um, 
Well, he was on stage last year. Last year he was on stage and he announced um, Classic, didn't he? He was like the Metzen last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he he had this whole shtick about uh, him liking vanilla and that was really fun. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's going to happen. I think it would be more natural if, uh, you know, Morheim introduced it. But maybe they want to do a clean cut. It's possible as well. 90s ponytails coming back, everybody. That's what we're saying here. That's our prediction. That, I mean, that would be like, Haircut wise, he's not the stylishest. You think he'll cut it? You think he loses the the pony? Or no, no, never. Why? Okay. He, it's like his. It feels like I again. I don't know the guy. It feels like it's his pride and joy. Yeah, it's um, part of him. If you I cut it, it'll hurt. It'll actually cause pain. His nerves are impossible. in it. Uh, all right. <laughs> Everybody complain. If there's a complaint in World of Warcraft right now, it's that nobody likes the way Azeroth, Azeroth, Azerite power and Azerite gear have gone thus far. Uh, I think it's probably their number one thing. And, and Blizzard seems to have uh, sort of acknowledged this and also wanted to let us in on what they're doing. Uh, so the biggest issues, according to Blizzard, and they say they agree with a lot of this and they give us some responses. They say the biggest issues are overall availability. There is plenty of Azerite armor in the 295 to 340 item level range. Further sources are heavily limited and susceptible to bad luck. Even players who are doing a wide range of high-end content are still wearing at least one item level 340 piece, despite having replaced all of their other gear several times over. Uh, everything else about the system is basically irrelevant if you can't get your hands on the gear in the first place. That's a, a, a chief complaint. Second complaint is lack of agency. When items do drop, it can feel like you're not willing, or sorry, not really given much in the way of options. You can choose whether you want this to be a fire or frost piece or a versatile one or a generic trait. But that isn't necessarily an interesting choice, I would agree. And when you look at the complete package, those choices don't often feel like they're having a meaningful impact on how you play your character. Often, I'm just still like, oh, better eye level, numbers are greener, I'm putting that one on. Like, I don't even think about it. Yeah, it's it's, uh, a, a problem as well. I don't think they address it here, but the fact that you can get an item that you want the trade for and it's lower level. I mean, the the dichotomy between the trait and the item level Mm -hmm. is problematic because then it means you might not be able to use the item you want right so right and then you also get into this some people are really doing the math are hardcore about like oh okay i gotta swap my shoulders out before this raid because that's where this trait is better but then when i'm out doing world content i'm switching back to this other thing and oops i sold it and uh, oops i gotta find a vendor my back like it's just weird like it's just weird that stuff's all weird um, it does say that the final thing was uh, trait depth. Several of the traits that are considered the best mathematically turn out to be some of the simplest mechanically, which reinforces the sense that the system isn't really affecting gameplay. Um, and they say, we agree that those issues need to be resolved. So here's the changes we're working on. I'm not going to read this word for because it's long. Patrick and I don't want to be here all day, but uh, <laughs> they say they need to make Azerite armor more available. I think that would be great uh, for all types of players. Uh, says though a method uh, the, uh sorry through a method anyone can utilize so we're actually looking at emissary rewards for that so that's interesting to me i think emissary reward, rewards are a great untapped place for getting the big business done um for those who who aren't just doing nothing but raiding it would be nice to log in and go all right well what does uh, queen latifah need today uh i'm going to go <laughs> i'm going to go do her four things I'm going to go back to, to town, talk to her, and she poops out some rad new gear. That'd be great. And you do get some it's, of that. It's uh, Phalange. 
Regina Falange. Regina Falange. Uh, yeah. Rocking it in Zandalar. Um, they say, uh, when we add new Azerite armor and what we're calling BFA Season 2, uh, they say this starts with Siege of Zolda, uh, Zoldazar and the corresponding Mythic Plus and PvP seasons. We're going to add another outer ring to those pieces of gear uh, that have two sp- uh, spec-specific trait options for each spec. So that is something that's happening. Uh, and that basically say this, it effectively means that your favorite traits will be available on a lot more items. Um, we're also going to continue to work on the individual traits themselves. And this has the been one of the big complaints. It's like, well, at least make it look cool. Or I like... They're boring. They are really They're, boring. The traits are boring. I was hoping it was going to be like legendary uh, gear from Legion. It's really not. It's like your fireball does 2% more damage. Yeah. Awesome. It's a lot of It's a lot of stats. And that's fine. Mm. People like stats. Better numbers are good. But this was an opportunity to perhaps do more. I mean, the most exciting one I have is uh, a horde banner flops down next to me, and I do I have ha- better haste for like thirty seconds or something. I forget what the trade is, but it's this that one. At least you know it. It it the way the stat increases is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are just a buff, right? Right. So. Right. So anyway, expect that to be more dynamic. And they said some of those changes won't be coming until Tides of Vengeance. Uh, which will be on the PTR soon, but the overall availability of Azerite armor is much more pressing concern to us. So we're investigating ways to hotfix that directly into the live game. Uh, go on to say, I don't think we have a solid timeline for when that might be just yet, but we'll definitely have more information to share as soon as we confirm when that can happen. So uh, a, a good response to a growing sense that uh, Azerite gear and the Azerite gear trait system has, is a little busted and uh, yeah. they have uh, they have ideas. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's it's a, it's really a tough one because the community is up in arms, and I think very often the community gets up in arms about things that they shouldn't, you know, that is aren't really that big a deal. Mm. In this case, I think the system is definitely not working. Mm. Um, it the thing it reminds me of is the garrison system back in uh, Warlords, where we all agreed it was, you know, after the first month of excitement. We ended up realizing that it was a little bit tedious. In this case, for other reasons, I think it's fair to say that the system is not achieving what, you know, the the design was hoping it would achieve. It's not really exciting. There are issues with uh, progression in items, all of that. Um, the community is really angry. And I think the community is great at finding, that's what I said on the IC Vein podcast a couple of days ago. Um, the community is really good at finding issues within the game Mm -hmm. what it's less great at is you know finding solutions Mm. and very often we as a community suggest things that are very simplistic or that address things superficially uh or that just turn back the clock i i I know a few people suggested well just remove the uh traits from the gear and just put them back on the artifact essentially the the neck piece and and make that universal for the progression universal for all specs so essentially what you have is uh i mean the progression universal for all specs and then you have different traits on uh for your different specs right but what that does is it transforms the whole system into artifacts from legion and the company the game has to evolve you have to have new systems new different things and sometimes it doesn't work out and you try to fix it and those fixes uh, uh, don't can't be implemented 
in you know as fast as the community wants it so that creates the really strong when the systems are actually not working out and uh, uh the community realizes which is very often that's when these huge moments of tension actually uh surface between the developer and the the community and here we had also an issue of you know the communication being perceived as condescending yeah. uh for one post i think it was lore right. and honestly when you read the post it's like yeah maybe he was a little bit tired but it really doesn't feel like he was like he was mostly agreeing with what was said uh uh in the post he replied to so anyway those moments of friction are when the community feels like the developer is you know working against them right, almost right. and i think it really stems from a lot of misunderstanding of how these things can be fixed and the timeline on those it's it's hard also the, to the, it's hard to gain tone from those posts just like it is from any mm. social media or forums or whatever um yeah and i don't blame you know if, if laura is required to put smiley faces after every line like I, I people we need to be better at interpreting that stuff and not just jump to the conclusion that they're exacerbated yeah. with our attitudes well i mean so. I, I also think, you know, Lore has been uh, with the company for, what is it, two years now? Two or three, um, yeah, something like that. Two or three. And I think uh, he came at a really good time because the the community was super happy with Legion. I think overall, of course, there are issues in everything, but overall, everyone was really happy. Yeah. So I think it's the first time he's seeing the real wrath of angry gamers. So... I, you know, not to put everything on the community, I think it's also fair to say maybe he should have been like extra careful with the way he was phrasing things. I know it's unfair to require this of uh, community managers, but maybe it's necessary when you, you address angry gamers where every single coma uh, comma can be misinterpreted as you piling on and, you know, making fun of the community. Yeah. Maybe that's true. Um, but anyway, overall, I think this is really hard to handle and there's no good, like there's no way you're going to fix the problem until you actually fix the problem. Right. And that takes weeks and months. So sure, sure. it's a, it's a rock and a hard place situation where no matter what you say, the community is going to find a way to be angry with you. Yeah. Uh, I think overall the latest uh, uh, details they've given on how they want to fix it. I think finally now we're at a place where uh, the community feels like the the, the company uh, um, understand the magnitude of the issue with this uh, itemization system and the reactions have been I think mostly positive to those announcements. So maybe we're coming to a place where it's uh, uh, relatively peaceful again, but it's going to be a few more weeks or months until it's implemented and until then I think people are going to be very unhappy for I understand it's a real issue, but it's also a real issue that affects a relatively small part of the game for a relatively small part of the community. And people might be angry at me for this, but I think there's a little bit of hyperbole uh, in that anger as well, which is not uncommon. For Are you people. saying in the gaming world, gamers can have hy they're hy hyperbolic sometimes? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know if I can believe this. This <laughs> well, is crazy. I mean, and I don't want to diminish the impact of this <laughs> for people who actually live and breathe in this game. You know, if you're a Mythic Raider, uh, you every piece of gear that you get has to be uh, a best in slot or close to it. So when you can't get those items that you can use, it's a real problem for you. And you feel like you are the best customer for that company. Genuinely, 
you know, justifiably so, but yes, maybe a little bit of hyperbole about the world ending and uh, Blizzard <laughs> not caring about anything and them being, you know, the usual uh, stuff. Well, Corpse Dancer in the chat room a while ago said, uh, summed this up pretty well, and I think this, this leads me to a, a quick question I have um, before we move on, which is this. He says, when you replace something as awesome as artifact weapons were with unexciting, quote, chance to gain X for X seconds, unquote, it's going to be poorly received. I think that kind of boils it down. I think I think artifact I think weapons fair. were really, really something else, and we're so with their they had their own issues. Uh, we had our own complaints about you know uh, number problems when it came to Azerite power and uh, kind of how long it took in the late game to get where you needed to go and the time gating and all that. We had complaints, but that was a very ambitious uh, game uh, portion of that game. Very, very ambitious. So it's natural for all of us to see what we have now and go, oh, well, this isn't as, this is a step back from that. And it is. I mean, I'll straight up say it. It's a step back from that. I don't know if they yeah, meant the it to be a step back. Yeah, the system is not working. It's, right. I think it's, it's clearly not working. Yeah. So Corpse Dancer, uh, but, smart. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is, the problem isn't this. The problem is, what do you do when you realize it? Do you go back to the system from before? Or do you try to fix the system that exists now? And I think if you go back to the system from before, you have a real, real danger of making the game stale because you get to a point where everything is relatively okay and you don't upset anyone by continuing what you've been doing for the last one or two or three expansions. But if you don't add in anything new, the game becomes stale slowly and people get bored, maybe without a bang, without a roar, but people start trailing off. Yeah. And it's it's immensely important for the game to change in significant ways. And sometimes it's going to work out, sometimes it's not. Hopefully, when it doesn't, they find ways of fixing it um, in, in within the life cycle of this expansion. Mm -hmm. I think for Garrisons, arguably, they didn't fix it until the end of, of uh, uh, Warlords. So hopefully it will go better for Azerite gear. But you can't, I mean, you can't ask companies to keep uh, uh, creating the system, the same systems over and over again because you'll you'll very quickly get bored of them. So. Yeah. I, I yeah. It's easy for us to say in the middle of this that we wish it was Azerite weapons again, but I don't think that's true. I think we would have our other no, complaints. No, hopefully they can make they can make Azerite gear exciting and yeah. have traits that are fun yeah. and yeah. A, a weapon you know level progression that is uh, uh, motivating. Mm -hmm. That's how you fix it. Yeah. It's not by recreating what we had in the old expansion. But it did make me want to ask this question, and I'm not trying to create my own level of hyperbole with this question, <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. Have we had enough expansions now that we can kind of make a Star Trek movie scenario here where it's at least somewhat, uh, I don't know if it's, it's still, it's not really objective, but let's say somewhat objectively say that Blizzard has an every other problem going on. Vanilla, amazing. BC, it's all right. Uh, Wrath of Lich. Hold BC on, hold on. BC what was good. I'm not about? saying it was bad. It's good. Okay. The then you got your your Wrath of Lich King. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Cataclysm. Eh, it was good. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> it was all right. Uh, uh, Panda Panda Town. Amazing in the end. I love that expansion. My honestly, it's there's a very very soft, comfortable spot in my heart where Pandaria exists. 
I loved that expansion. So, I think most people now agree. Yes, I think it took them a minute because they were like, Pandas, what? And then Blizzard proved that you could do it. And that's great. Okay, so then you had that. Then Warlords. Ooh, rough. A rough business. Legion. Killed it. BFA. Eh, so far. I'm saying, if you look at that pattern, we've got every other going on. I'll bet you whatever's after this is going to be the one where people go, oh my gosh, I can't believe how good the WoW still is. And it'll be the one after that that they'll go, oh, it's all right. We're having a good time, but it's, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the history <laughs> of the world. Like, I think they're having one of those. That pattern's happening. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. I think you're forcing the pattern a little <laughs> bit with BC. Yeah. Uh, I think BC was great. It wasn't just, eh. it, like, there were so many things that changed and that were great with BC, but okay. Um, Cataclysm, yeah, definitely it was not the most loved. It is not the most loved <laughs> uh, expansion. And Warlords is certainly uh, sore for many people in the long run. It was great when it first launched. Yeah. And I think this one, you know, that's why when we when we uh, first got into BFA, I was very happy with the leveling. But what I said was, we'll have to wait and see if it holds up. Um, and it might not. Mm. Well, I don't know. Time will tell, we'll right? It's, it's, Time will it's tell. What? Time will tell. Yeah, That's how it works. It will. We won't know till later. All right, real quick. We know the schedule for BlizzCon. Uh, it's kind of what you expect it to be. There are a couple of standouts, I think, though. For example, right after the opening ceremonies, there's a little something on that same mythic stage called Diablo. What's next? Hmm. I wonder mm. if there'll be a Diablo announcement. Hmm. You know, I've gotten to the <laughs> point where my prediction is 100% already assume, assumed to be true. So let's forget about that for now. Let's go deeper. Let's go meta on this. I think the game's mm -hmm. called Diablo Eternal. That's my personal pick. I'll bet that that's the name. I have no inside knowledge on this. I am just pulling it out of my butt. So uh, if that game's not called Diablo Eternal, that's the new bet because at least there's a challenge there. Otherwise, eh, yes, why, we're getting whatever's next. Because you like the title of Doom Eternal? No, or? because... Oh, I forgot Doom's doing that. Shoot. <laughs> that, may, that may screw up my chances. I didn't think about it. But the reason I feel this way is it's not going to be four. At least this mm. is my bet. Now, if I'm wrong, fine, I'll eat crow. But I think that they, are, you know, Diablo, the future of Diablo is game as a service of some kind. I'm not saying it's an MMO. I'm saying it's, I'm not even saying it follows exactly what Path of Exile has found to be successful. I'm just saying whatever that is, that'll be Blizzard's version of the future of Diablo. And they won't just simply call it four. It'll have to have a name like Eternal or, you know, some word like that. That's very and evocative of the game, but also means we're going forever and it's just going to be a game forever. And so whatever that is, that's my prediction. And then the next day, there's a, uh, a panel called Diablo World and Q&A. World. Hmm. Patrick, what do you think? Well, what do you think world means? Uh, that there's a world that no it's not world of diablo as in an mm no 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 i just mean that we know oh. if they're because since we don't know about a new game clearly they're talking about the world of a new game because we know what the world is on the oh, old yeah, game of course. yeah of course of course yeah no i think i think it's uh it's definitely i mean there's no question there's going to be a new diablo game um my no no knowledge uh guess would be change of perspective maybe it would be a third person diablo oh, like think god of man, war i don't know they'd be messing think I'm, god of war i mean i i, I think about god of war all the time so i'm with you there 
There you uh, go. But um, but I think that God is... of War, Diablo, Destiny type, <laughs> o- always online. Uh, you know, hub. I I don't. Know. Who knows? I think you're right. It it's. I would suspect it's probably not going to be called Diablo Four. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's not going it to be third person I, though. I, I will bet you right now, no third person video game. Not a chance. No way. I mean, behind the shoulder, because essentially isometric top down is third person. Well, yeah, that's true. It's more godlike, though. But I guess. But you mean it's gonna be? You mean it's gonna be the classic third person? You think it's gonna be just an action RPG looter? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a looting action RPG because that's where it's rooted. I mean, they would never, they could never go so far as to change the fundamental way that game plays or controls. I mean, they, 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 they'll enhance it and change it, but. I, my so prediction, it's going to be it what be a, Diablo has always been, except with better graphics and maybe slightly different systems. Uh, I, maybe even vastly different systems, but okay, just not. They, that thing has to stay isometric until the end of time. I, I really, mm. I, I that feels so crazy to do that. Now, people in the chat are like, yeah, it worked really poorly for GTA. Now, hold on a second, Smidian. I, I think that that's a poor comparison because... It always felt like that game was limited by its 2D implementation. And 3D gave GTA new new room to live for the kind of game that it was. I don't think that that's going to be true here. I don't think that anybody wants to play Diablo like they're playing Skyrim. It just fundamentally changes the pace and the the feel of those games. I don't know. I I could be wrong. Y'all may be saying, Scott, you're an idiot. But... Well, yeah, people less than a say month. that all the time, anyways. Well, <laughs> hey, wrong. Scott. Yeah. Um, I we should talk about Diablo more, but I think you don't have WoW Classic in the notes. You didn't oh, talk about it. I forgot it. to mention that. Uh, <gasps> all right. What do we know? Talking about BlizzCon. Yeah. What do we know? What are we doing? Tell me about it. So, so Classic. Uh, you know WoW Classic. It's the well, everyone knows. Basically, there's going to be a demo of WoW Classic playable at BlizzCon, and it is included in the BlizzCon virtual ticket. Oh, actually, Town Crier, there's a question about this, so maybe we can address that there. Um, yeah, let's let's address it there. Let's just talk about finish talking okay. about Diablo. Okay. I, I think it's going to be a puzzle game. <laughs> Wait, King the King acquisition finally kicks in and we get the uh uh-huh. the the, the gym matching. It's a free to play, a free to play mobile puzzle game, <laughs> Diablo themed where you have to uh match different types of demons. The no, legendary gems, they already got the gems. Just do the gems, right? Yeah, but that wouldn't be original, Scott. No, that it wouldn't be. Just, but I'm telling you right yeah. now, we joke about this and we've joked about it before when King got uh, acquisition by um uh, Activision, a lot of acquisition and Activision. Anyway, when that happened, uh, I said then I'll say it today. If that very unlikely scenario happens, I'll play the crap out of it. Like you could just do it tomorrow and say, hey, it's Candy Crush with with a Diablo skin. I'd lose my mind. That's how big of a fanboy I am about the series. So that's how that's how big the check Blizzard <laughs> is cutting you is. That yeah. no, that's too far. I'm it's, sorry, it's Scott. It's like one of that, those big novelty no. checks you get when uh, uh, yeah. clearing house comes to your house. <laughs> it barely fits in my pocket. Um, all right. Well, we'll see. We got less than a month, and we'll know the answer mm. to all of these things and more. I, I am very yeah. excited. And when I say more, I actually mean more. 
real quick, hey, uh, before we get to your emails, and I'm very excited to get to them, uh, I want to talk to you about Nighthawk Pro Gaming from Netgear. I have one of these routers. It's fantastic. How fantastic? It's rated 2018's top performing gaming router by PC Gamer and IGN. There's really no question that online gaming demands a stable and low latency connection. You've all learned that over time, right? Running multiple connected devices will cause network congestion. That's just the way it is, and most gateways simply can't handle that. Switching your existing gateway or router to an XR500 gaming router will improve your online gaming connectivity. It's the easiest way to improve your online gaming experience, and it has the biggest impact. I found this to be true. Life got better for me. Uh, You shouldn't have to compete with other online services, or devices rather, for bandwidth. Save the competition for the game. This router creates an express lane just for your gaming. It gives you incredible speed and no lag. With the high-performance gaming router, you have complete control over your gaming experience. The XR500 is purpose-built to lower your ping, stabilize your connection, and help you game at incredible speeds. Keep your game alive with features like geofiltering, traffic prioritization, and device management, to name a few. The Nighthawk Pro Gaming Router transforms your gaming experience and gives you the power to win. Visit next Sorry, visit netgear.com slash mpg. That's netgear.com slash mpg and learn how you can join the no lag crew. All right, let's uh <laughs> let's do one of these. Hear ye, hear ye. Why, it's the town crier. <laughs> get myself in trouble here uh it is the town crier the instance at gmail.com is the email address the instance at gmail.com chris wrote in says this hi scott and whomever decides to show up for work today <laughs> uh it says lol just kidding i am uh, i am and have been a blizzard zealot since 1997 i assume he means a, a protoss zealot is what he means right he's been a zealot okay yeah uh, that's that would have been the beta Wait, for StarCraft. When did StarCraft come out? A year later, so it had to be like beta right, or alpha. Yeah, that's yeah. what. I, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, plus zealots don't last very long. They're kind of your first unit, and they go and go into smoke. Anyway, you know what? You don't choose your your uh condition when you're born. So. No, it chooses you. So who mm-hmm. are we to judge? Anyway, it says, but two things have concerned me this year. Number one, raising the cost of the physical collector's edition while removing the art book, mouse pad, and DVD. That was also Legion, right? I thought Legion uh, No, I think stuff. this is the first year they don't have an art book. I'm not sure on the mouse pad. I could go That's why Garrett was so pissed, because Garrett buys those for yeah. the art book. That's all he cares about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it says, number two, raising the cost of the virtual ticket and taking away the WoW pet and mount. I just think it's unfair... And if the next physical collector's edition of WoW is $100 with none of those items in it, excuse me, that we're used to, and the next virtual ticket has no WoW pad or mount, I will not be purchasing them. What are your feelings about this? Best regards, Chris. Well, first of all, Chris, thank you for approaching it with logical questions not intended to uh, create a flame war because that's all I've heard from people about this. And it's been very hard to have reasonable conversations with people. So I'm glad that you approached it this, uh, this way. We should definitely talk about it. Number one, uh, the book and the mouse pad and DVD. I think that sucks. I think having less in those is a bad idea. And I, it may even be a strategy for Blizzard to eventually be rid of such things because it's a, it's a big, weird part of games that maybe are going away one day. So, uh, yes, I think you paying still paying $100 for a collector's edition that is not up to the standards of previous expectations of what a collector's edition from WoW is is a bummer. 
let's let's hit that one first. Patrick, do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think it's it's not as cool. I mean, there's no art book, but there's a very pretty uh, uh, novella, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of replaces it. I understand it's not the same thing. Uh, the mouse pad is really kind of whatever, you know, uh, mouse pads. The DVD, I mean, you don't need the DVD itself, but the making of was always interesting. But after like 10 expansions, I understand it starts becoming very similar to what they said the time before. Yeah. Um, it's still nice to have. I love those things. That's why I get the virtual ticket. It's because I love the inner workings of the designing of a game. So I enjoyed those and I always watched them when I finished the initial campaign. Um, I think the the right way of approaching this, though, is the way you are approaching it, Chris, is if you don't like it, if it's not worth it for you, then don't buy it. Yeah. Um, there is a fair argument that, you know, you have all of your collection editions, collector's editions, and you want to keep the collection. So you kind of feel like you have to buy it, but you don't want to because it's not worth it. But um, yeah, I think it, if you don't want it, then don't buy it. Yeah. It sucks, but there, there's also. Well, okay, I'm in agreement with you, and actually, I think his position on that is correct. And I think if you don't buy it, and enough people don't, that's how business works. the The market will correct itself. Blizzard will have to figure out something to do. So, whatever the outcome of that is, um, a I think it sucks. I think if it was a little cheaper, if like you said, it's 89 this year, that may have been easier to swallow or something. But I don't know. I I didn't do it because these things were missing, and so I would understand why somebody else wouldn't. It's the second issue that I that I maybe have an issue with raising the cost of the virtual ticket and taking away the wild pet and mount. Um, while I don't love the price raise, I think that's just you know inflation over time. BlizzCon tickets themselves go up, uh, although they didn't this year, but um, that's not that unusual. The wild pet and mount though have never been a guaranteed thing in every BlizzCon since the virtual ticket became a thing. Um, well, we got one every year. I think it's fair to say it's expected. It is expected, but it's not been there every time. There is there is there was a year where we didn't have a mount uh, really? from the VT specifically, uh, and I can't remember which year. So now I'm gonna have to find out. But anyway, mm-hmm. even if that was the case, then we had it every single year. Blizzard's argument would be, well, those you're you're getting the virtual ticket. Those are just add-ons, and the buyer might say, well, I don't even watch the virtual ticket. I just want that forty-nine dollar pet and mount, which is a pretty good value compared to what you'd have to pay for a mountain pet in the store. And they're also exclusive to this one event. Um, I I think that the problem, well, the problem I have here is that the virtual ticket is the virtual ticket, and these are add-ons. I suppose you have an argument if you'd look at it the other way, which is the add-ons are what matter to you. Screw the virtual ticket. Um, so I understand your pain, but I also just think Blizzard has a little more land to stand on there because the expectation is a uh, you know they've only been doing the VT since what 2013. Uh, yeah, I think I think in this case, yeah, they definitely have more legs to stand on because you do get items. You get the right. very ornate banners and you get the, um, you know, Horde and Alliance cloaks, which look pretty cool. Um, it's not a pet and a mount, but again, they've done pets and mounts for years and years. I think it's okay that they're not... Um, doing that in the same way that you're still getting items and you are also getting the uh what i mentioned earlier the access to the uh wow classic demo and that is pretty huge you know 
Um, the, the goal of the virtual ticket is to give you as much of the experience of BlizzCon as you can, as they can, without you actually physically being there. Mm. And the main draw of that, I think, was and still is you being able to watch all of the panels, which is, to me, 90% of the reason to get the virtual ticket. Um, the pets and mounts, I know some people were buying the virtual ticket for that. But then, you know, if that's the only reason you're getting it for, then don't get it. Yeah. Again, it's that, you know, um, uh, Taliesin and Evitel, a YouTube channel I love, uh, was describing it as Schrodinger's Blizzard. You really it's do love those guys, by the way. Patrick, sits, oh, I do. I he do. sits naked and watches those videos, and it's really <laughs> weird. Anyway, go ahead. They're they're funny and wholesome and cute. And, and anyway, th they were saying um, <laughs> Blizzard is being accused of making these things less appealing and not worth the money. And at the same time, making people want it so much that they would be willing to be paying the money anyway. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, and I think that is unfair to put on Blizzard. If you don't think it's worth the money... Shouldn't pay for shouldn't it. get it, yeah. You know? I, I, and, I agree. And it, and that well classic demo, as cool as it's gonna be, it's gonna be twenty minutes max. Mm -hmm. You can watch this on Twitch. Everyone's gonna be streaming it. If you don't think it's worth it, don't buy it. And probably it's not gonna be worth it. That's not the reason you buy the virtual ticket. We've done those demos at every BlizzCon, yeah, and they're usually twenty minutes experiences max. Mm -hmm. Now. If they announce a new Diablo game mm -hmm. and there's a demo on the show floor <laughs> and that demo is available to people buying the virtual ticket, yeah. then I think everyone is going to think it's worth then it. Then it's worth I it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the worth part is, is, you know, can fluctuate. Is it a bummer? Yes, I agree 100%. This is a total bummer. How do you show Blizzard that you think it's a bummer? You don't buy it. And if yeah. you were buying this just for the pet and the mount, don't do that because there's no pet and mount. You're buying yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Then. It's very simple. Like if the pet and mount are your motivation. Yeah. But I don't want to I don't want it so. to sound like we're saying, well, then don't buy it then if you don't want like I understand you still have a beef and you should be able to express yeah. that beef. And I, and it's a beef I have. It listen, if I didn't care, I, I mean I would I'd buy the virtual ticket if I wasn't going because I care about the stage stuff. I want to hear everything. Um, but if I didn't and it was just for the items, I wouldn't buy it either. I'm with you, dude. This bugs me, Chris. I don't like it. It's more money well, and I'm getting less stuff. So why would I pay for that if those were my driving factors to getting it in the first place? Sure. So so it's weird because I totally agree with this motivation. But at the same time, it really is on us to buy it or not. Like this show Blizzard. I do mean, you think this are, is too much? So don't buy it. You could say we're going to BlizzCon and we're not getting a wild pet and mount because it's not included in the price of the ticket. Right. That is, <laughs> you know, the, the reason it's in the virtual ticket is that if you remember before there was a virtual ticket, you would get those kinds of things yeah. when you would go to BlizzCon. And the, the goal of the virtual ticket was to bring them to you as well and to make lots of money for <laughs> Blizzard. Yeah. Um, because uh, don't get me wrong, this is Grand Theft virtual ticket. There's a lot of people <laughs> who are going to want to play the demo of the WoW Classic servers and who are going to pay the money just for that. It's going to be the money of a full-priced game almost <laughs> just for a 20 minutes uh, demo. What I'm trying to tell you is... Don't fall for it. If that's your only reason, yeah. don't 
buy it. Yeah. It's not, it's the reason, again, the reason you do it, what we all do, fans of Blizzard, when we go to BlizzCon, we want to see all of the panels. So what we do is we go back at the hotel when we're there and we watch the panels actually in our hotel rooms. I know many of us do that um, before sleeping for a couple of hours <laughs> and doing it again the next day. Yeah. Um, that's the core reason. And I'm really glad I'm not going to be there. That's not true. I'm super sad. I'm sad, uh, but too. But I'm glad I, I'm not going to be there. I, I hate because that. Because I can watch the panels. I hate that. I want you yeah. I want you near me. I want your aura with me. Oh. It doesn't you feel right. You know what? Right. I, will, I will be texting with you all the way through the opening ceremony and going, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm good. All right. I will feel you can text me, too, just to make me feel better. Um, Maybe I'll stream it. You know what? Maybe I'll be streaming my reaction to the opening ceremony. <laughs> hey, now that's an inexpensive uh, virtual ticket, you guys. You follow Patrick there on you Twitch. Go. You can watch his reactions, and he will he will give you a mount and a pet. There, you heard me say it. He'll give it to you. Well, oh, I mean, oh, maybe not the mount and the pet of my heart. I've said too is... much. He'll let you mount. He'll let you mount him. What? Wait. All right. Never mind. Forget I Wait, said that. What? I don't know. What are you saying? I'm not saying anything. Hey, uh, no, I, I'm saying it depends how how good you look. That's oh, that's all. I'm superficial. Oh, I see. Very superficial. Thanks, Chris, for your email. The instance at gmail.com is the email address to send it to. And we've got more shows before the end of the month and before BlizzCon. So please keep them coming. There are big things in the works that I can't talk about, Ooh. but we'll let you know soon. Um, I think that's it. I was talking to Chris yesterday. We are absolutely before the end of the year, probably sometime in November. Post BlizzCon, he and I will be sitting down for a third interview, uh, and this time talking about he really wants to talk about his life and how it coincided with the creation of Cataclysm and then Mists of Pandaria. And everyone's always kind of joked about that um, because if you're familiar with his personal life, you know that he went through you know some stuff. But he's going to give us specifics because it's way more interesting than you think. So that's coming up sometime. Um, uh, a little more than a month from now, sometime post BlizzCon, so we'll keep you informed. You know, that. I know Chris is cool and all, but what really would be interesting would be to talk about the intersection of my life and the creation <laughs> of Cataclysm and Mists of Pandaria. So if you if you want to do that, Scott, I okay. would be open to well, it. Let's do that instead. Just forget just, it, Chris. Sorry, yeah. you're off the you're off the schedule. It's Patrick and his story of how those two expansions intersected. There was stuff in his happening, life. man. I'm. I'm you. Yeah, you went through some stuff as well. Uh, maybe we all did. That's why this is going to be great. So that's coming up. And uh, there's one other thing I was going to mention. Um, oh, the writer of the book. I was forget his name. Stant? Stamp? Stats. Stats. Gosh, dang it. He and I are going to also talk post-launch of the book. Uh, now that's all over with. Uh, so we'll be doing a little bit of that. So there's a lot of stuff coming up before the end of the year here on The Instance and some a few other things I probably can't mention yet. Exciting stuff at Blizzard. And we're going to find out so much more in just less than a month. Before we get out of here, Patrick Beja does other things on the internet that are all very exciting and cool. And he would like to now tell you what those are. Patrick, take it away. Yeah, sure. Uh, Icy Veins podcast, I mentioned a couple of times on the show. If you like Blizzard news, I guess you do because you're listening to this. Uh, slightly different format. Go check it out. I think you would enjoy it. And if you enjoy games in general, uh, you might want to listen to Pixels. It's a gaming news show where we cover everything that's happening in the gaming world. If you want to hear about my renewed love 
for Destiny 2. Uh, you can hear actually Terpster and myself discuss it on the latest episode. So go to your podcast app, search for Pixels, subscribe, listen, be happy. You're welcome. Oh my there gosh, go. that's a, quite the package. Uh, for the rest mm -hmm. of y'all, if you are interested in following more uh, that happens on this show, you can find it at theinstance.net. Uh, you're encouraged to do that. You can also follow us on Twitter at Instant Show, at Scott Johnson, at the uh, underscore T, and at Not Patrick, of course. Garrett Art for Garrett. He's out doing busy stuff, so we're not going to see him for a couple of weeks, but uh, hopefully soon. It's going to do it for us. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye, Patrick. Bye. Any similarity to Buxley Tron is purely coincidental. Buxley Tron here to answer your Galaxy of Warcraft questions in this 39,483rd edition of Ask Buxley Tron. This question is about the latest expansion. THX1138 writes Dear Buxley Tron, what can you tell us about the upcoming expansion? As you know, the upcoming expansion, The Lich of the Pandarian Mist Legion in the Burning Cataclysm and Gnomes, is the 256th expansion of Galaxy of Warcraft from the United Republic of Blizzard Entertainment. Details of the expansion are mostly rumors right now, but here is the information I've been able to gather so far. You'll be leveling your way up to level 2,620 while you take on the really much older than the old, old gods who are trying to take down not just Azeroth 6, but also Azeroth 1 through 5. And while you battle your way up those next 10 levels, you'll finally be able to go back to the Undercity now that the blight that was put there centuries ago has dissipated. You'll go to fight in the Stormwind Space Station as it does battle with the Ogremar Space Station. You'll be able to get the new transdimensional mount for getting the what a really, really exhausting and handed down from generation to generation long strange trip this has been achievement. And there's even a rumor that we will be getting the dance studio and three more slots in that first backpack. Thank you for your inquiry. If you would like to see the flashing lights of Buxleytron, stop by the exhibit at the United Republic of Blizzard Entertainment, just off the coast of Applefornia. You can listen to the archives if you can find where they buried all the old episodes. Buxley Tron is credits, friend! Greetings, gamers. This is MewCow, your guide in treating a common gamer condition called Alditis. Despite first impressions of this expansion, there is room for alts. While Legion heavily encourages us to go alt-crazy in a class-based way, Battle for Azeroth is going all in on factions. It is true that focusing on your main character is going to be the best bang for your buck, but you are missing out on the other half of the story if you aren't playing both sides. If you haven't already done so, the order I found most fitting was to do the Horde opening quest line to their new faction city, and then do the same on the Alliance. This seems to follow the flow of the full story's timeline, without much backtracking. I then found that resuming the Horde story to its completion, and then working on the Alliance side, made the most sense chronologically. The Alliance will then see even more preemptive actions from the Horde as they continue their story, further confirming their intentions. This seems to echo the events of the pre-expansion patch content, and we know how Blizzard loves to telegraph how an encounter will play out. I'm sure as we look back on these events, there will be no doubt that the Horde shot first. If you have questions, tips, or want to discuss a topic further, find us on Twitter at altitis.net, and show notes can be found on our website, altitis.net. On behalf of the Alt Army, we hope you find this information useful in the treatment of your Altitis. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.